right, y'all. Hey, what's going on out there? How y'all doing today? All right, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the house. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Oh, man, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today. So I hope you're ready. You got your conversational minds in place. And uh, we ready to do the thing. That's right. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here real fast. Um, let me tell you how you can be a part of the show. If you're a first time listener and you just happen to find me on the way up somewhere. All right. First things first, if you want to talk to me or anybody else, join the conversation that we will be having. Um, it's simple. Just call me three, four, seven, eight, three, eight, eight, six, two, two. The easiest way. That's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Um, next, you can email me at ericletts, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. I do check email um, constantly throughout the show and even afterwards. So if you got anything you want to send me that way, go ahead, run it on to me, all right? And let's see, what else? Uh, our chat room is open. You can join us there as well at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Um those are all the ways you can participate, and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. Now, let me tell you a little something about the chat room, though. You come in the chat room, um, if you come in it's just as a guest, you'll only be able to view what's being said and written in the chat room. However, if you log in with a username of your choice, it doesn't really matter, um, then you'll be able to come in and, you know, do your little thing in the chat room, join the conversation, and that's how that works, all right? So... Those are all the ways you can participate in the show. And as I mentioned before, I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you because I like to hear what's on your mind. I do. Because <laughs> y- y'all are so intelligent out there. You know, sometimes I think you take your intelligence a little bit too far, but y'all some smart people, and I like that. I like that. So once again, welcome to the show. And those that be listening, that will be listening later um, using the archives, um, thank you for listening. And uh, you can also shoot me an email, you know, after listening to the show and about any ideas, what have you, that we may have. And um, that would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right. So those are all the ways you can participate in the show. Um, yeah, you know, we have... Um, <laughs> oh man, we have a situation in this country right now that is really, really um perplexing, I guess you can say. Um and you know, the last few weeks we've had shootings and and killing killings and unnecessarily, unnecessarily. And I'll be honest with you, it really, really had me depressed. I, I'm, you know, I tried to keep from using that word, but I was actually sick, man. I mean, I really was just down because I, I, I can't. It's hard for me to fathom that it's so easy to take a life here in this country, and nobody really gives a crap. That's right. I, I said crap. <laughs> You know, and um, there's a lot of other things that um, it's just it's mind boggling, you know, and 
another interesting aspect is how quickly how quickly the narrative can change from one um perspective to another yeah and, and then you have the different different um radio hosts um groups people you know who who basically takes and, and puts their twist on it and makes it out to be what they want it to be and I, I got to really thinking about this thing I, I really did because as I, I said before it, it really bothered me you know and, and I had to go back and do some self analysis uh, self you know I, I really did I had to dig deep look deep inside me and say you know how am I really feeling about this how am I really feeling about this thing that's going on um, I spent 21 years in the military. Yes, I did. And yes, I'm proud I did it. I, I sure am. Yes, I've seen some things that uh, were not right. Um, I can probably say I didn't participate in them, per se, um, besides having on the uniform. But, um, you know, and it, it, it just hit me um, Saturday evening. It really did. You know, as, as a host, I try and, and remain as neutral as I can and, you know, that way we get both sides of the story. But I can't, I, I just, with this stuff going on, I just can no longer stay neutral. I can't. I, I really can't. And, and you know, that's part of that self-analysis that I say sometimes we have to do as, as individuals. You know, you have to pick somewhere to stand. Now, and you can't worry about who's standing with you. You can't worry about who's standing against you. As long as you know that what you believe is what you believe. Um, and as I was doing this self-analysis, there's a movie, an old movie with Spencer Tracy, um, Catherine Hepburn, Sidney Poitier, uh, Roy Glenn Jr. called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I don't know, some of y'all may not be old enough to remember that movie. But there is a, a scene when Sidney Poitier is talking to Roy Glenn Sr., who um, happens to be his father. And the premise of the, the movie was Sidney Poitier was going to marry a little white girl, okay? And this was in the 60s where that was just taboo, basically. And it was a big thing. And his father was 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 against it. And so his father... Um, Sidney Portier and his father went back into a room to have a conversation. And the conversation got pretty heated. But there was one line that came out of that. One line that came out of that movie that has seems to always pop in my mind when we get to certain situations in life. And that line was he told his father he said See, the problem we have is you see me as a black man. I view myself 
as a man. And every time I think about that one little statement right there, it just I, I just got chill bumps just thinking about it. Because, bam, there it is. There it is right there. Right there. It's there. Um, I think a lot of times when situations happen, like the killings that we just um, were privy to, thanks to social media, because let's, let's admit it, you know, usually without social media, we wouldn't know most about, we wouldn't see it. We would maybe hear about it, but we definitely wouldn't be um, privy to the sight of it. And looking at that, looking at that, and then you had the shootings in Dallas during a peaceful protest that changed the whole narrative. You know, we went from, you know, something needs to be done about law enforcement to, man, not law enforcement are, are the victims. And, you know, this wasn't the first time it was done because it was done in Orlando. Remember that? The shooting in Orlando? Yeah. Remember not the week or two before everybody was in the uproar about the bathroom issue? Then you had the shooting in, in Orlando, and all of a sudden that issue basically became um, no more news and went <laughs> and basically went away because now LBGT was, was now the victims. And, and you have those individuals that, that thrive on that division, you have the individuals that thrive on um, keeping the masses separated. Now, I believe what I believe, and I still believe that um, integration was not the best thing for the black community. I'm standing by that. Um, you know, um, there are statistics prove that. Okay. Um, however. Well, before I get to that point, let me go back. There was a, um, a, a, a something on Facebook, uh, and, and somebody put it there, that said, blue lives don't matter. They don't exist. And that, that really, really bothered me. It, it really did. And it, it, it really hit home. Because what I realized is we all have fallen victim to the game. We have fallen victim to the game. And the game is to keep us battling each other. That is the game. The game masters are, are just wonderful at doing that. <laughs> you know, they change the narrative when they they feel like it. They know they change their narrative every time. When it gets to a point to where it's beginning to die down, we have to change the narrative. We have to bring the, the, the forces back to be that will divide them again. And see, here's the uh, another interesting thing. Um, not only, not only 
Are you dividing the ethnic groups, but you're dividing groups within themselves? (laughs) Yeah. So you're getting double. (laughs) They're getting double for one little event. And, you know, I, I just feel like now I just have to be me. I have to say what I have to say. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's sometimes you sugarcoat it and sometimes you just can't sugarcoat it any longer. All right. Um, I know we have our, our, our people out that are pro this, pro that, anti this and anti that. You know, well, I'm pro-black. I'm pro-cop. I'm pro-human life, (laughs) which is the big pro, human life. Because regardless, regardless of your status in, in, in this world, you're still human. You still bleed. You still have feelings. You're still human. Most of us, anyway. And when you when you start thinking about that, you wonder why do we force each other to take sides? Now I'm aware that this country has been built on division. It has. Even before there was the United States of America, there was division. That's fine. I mean, that's just the way it is. But you would think eventually we would realize that that is the issue. That is the issue. Now, we have these killings. The guy in Baton Rouge, the guy in um, Minnesota, the guy in New York, um, a couple other things, the police officers in Dallas. Um, an incident happened in Houston over the weekend. And say, wow, wow, we are headed in the wrong direction. Here's something that also came to mind that I found very interesting. You know, it's amazing how, as a community, we can come together and march and protest and 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 attempt to boycott businesses because a white officer has killed a black man or a, a person of color. Okay, it's amazing how we can do that. We'll block intersections. We'll shut down malls. We do all this stuff. We will. To get national attention. To get national attention. But 
we will not, we will not use these same tactics to take care of our own neighborhoods. Why? The cry is black lives matter. Some say all lives matter. But I'm looking at it as black lives only matter apparently when there's national attention, when you can get a camera put on you. Why aren't we marching through our neighborhoods running drug dealers off the corners? Why aren't we um, marching and protesting, stopping some of these gang killings that we have going on? Children, children, two and three months old, being shot accidentally by drive-by shootings. And in some cases, it's not accidental. It's revenge. Why aren't we marching, protesting that? You know, I really am beginning to feel that we have our priorities in the wrong freaking place. We do. We have our priorities in the wrong place. Now, if you want to play the political war game, I mean, you want to play the political game, that you can go ahead and play the political game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a sheriff in Milwaukee. Y'all know who he is. Um, the guy who's always on Fox when, when something happens, Sheriff Clark, Milwaukee County. Um, you know, he's always... I'm not going to call the man a coon, but, <laughs> you know, he's always siding with the cops, okay? Put it that way. And he made a statement over the weekend that um, everyone, including President Obama, is ignoring the elephant in the room when it comes to police-involved shootings of black males. What leads to so many interactions of young males, young black males and police in urban areas? And he says it's crying, crying. He said that might be an ugly truth, but it's still the truth. He said the solution is not changing police tactics and behavior, but stopping people from making bad life choices, such as getting involved with drugs and gangs. Now, to a certain extent, that is a valid point. However, not every young black man is involved in a gang. Not every young man is are involved in drugs. Okay? Once again, that's a generalization that is used by the media to hype up some more nonsense. Okay? We, we know this, right? Then you have, um, what's her name? Uh, Janine, Judge Janine. Yeah, I know she used to be on one of them court show, shows. And uh, <laughs> she said the Dallas police ambush is a reflection of a growing racial divide in America, a divide that was curated by President Obama. <sighs> Mayor Giuliani, former Mayor Giuliani of New York City, said if Black Lives Matter really cared about black lives, they'd care about black crime. Yeah You know And Even though That may sound a little outrageous And and crazy 
Well, of course, we know Obama, you know, he really didn't cause it. He hasn't helped Dean either. You know, I, I, I've said it, I, you know. Um, but to a certain point, they, they have they have a good point. They have a good point. I know, yeah, well, you know, we just can't worry about black-on-black crime. Yeah, because we know statistics say that 90% of blacks killed are by blacks and 80% of whites are killed by whites, so forth and so on, blah, 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 blah. But it's to me, I, I think we're we as a community. Now I'm stick with the community right now. We as a community are missing the big picture. If we don't take care of our own, why do we expect for anyone on a national level to do it? You know, it's like the voting thing. You know, why can't we take care of our own locally? Why can't we do this block the intersections of these drug-ridden um, neighborhoods and, and run? Well, you know why? Because we're too busy um, um, collecting the money from that act- sort of activity. Now, now, don't act like you don't know that some people out there, that's what they're doing. Them same ones that's out there blocking the traffic on highways, talking about no justice, no peace, and all that good stuff. Once this is over with, they will be right back on the block again, slinging. Fine. Because just like everything else, this is going to go away <laughs> until the next incident. It's going to go away. As humans, human beings, shouldn't we care a little bit about that? Shouldn't we care just a little bit about that? Like I said Friday, somebody came around here and shot up my neighbor's car. Come to find out it was a beef that they had where he worked at. Yeah, the person was behind bars now. Yes, it was another black person. We have to change the way we are viewing things, people. We we have to change. We cannot no longer sit back and look at one side and say, yeah, you got to change this. This has to change. This has to change. But yet, at home, it's just filthy. Home is raggedy. Raggedy. You hear what I'm saying? But nobody want to talk about that because that is not that important. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I just, I, I just what, 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 what do we do? What do we do? If we don't take care of our own neighborhoods, why are we expecting anybody else to? Why are we out? Why are we out here marching? Why? Are, well, I'm not gonna lie. Why are they out there marching, blocking highways and things of that nature? Why? 
Why? When, as I said before, they go back to the hood and they'll kill each other over a square in the block because somebody stepped over there in, in their territory that they do not own. That they do not own. Where's the common sense in that? Where is it? <laughs> Welcome to the show, East Coast, guest 1441, guest 807, 825, and 837. Glad y'all can join us. Um, where is where where is the sense in that? Now, maybe I, I'm, uh, I'm out there on the limb today, and, and I stay out there on that limb. I, I have no problem with being out on the limb. Because I think it just has to be said. It just has to be said now. It has to be said. I mean, all on the Internet, all on the news, marching, you're blocking traffic. Let's do this. Let's do that. But you're not doing it in your own homes, your own blocks. That's where it needs to start at. We've had this conversation before. We have. We've had this conversation before. You know, it's it's time. It, 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 now it's time to get away from all this craziness, y'all. It is. We we all have to be here together. We do. We have to be here together. Yes, I, I'm not this. I'm not saying forget about slavery. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying forget about the civil rights movement. I'm not saying forget about Jim Crow. I'm not saying that because those things we cannot forget about. Okay? But what I am saying is we can make it better. We can make it better. If you depending on them, the, see, and here's the problem I have with the, the anti-police individuals. You know, just like during the shooting, during that protest, where did they run? They had the police and they ran to the police, didn't they? Now, you know, the narrative is crazy. It is because, you know, not every black man, as I said before, is involved in drugs. Not every black man is in a gang. Not every black man, well, 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 uh, has a, a prison record. A lot of them do, but not all of them. Okay, let's just be honest. Even though a lot of um, there's a lot of single parent homes, a lot of men do still take care of their children, regardless. That's there. In the same voice, not. Every police officer is bad. I said it. There it is. Okay. How you know that, Mister Talk? <laughs> well, I I personally know because I have some former soldiers that are now police officers. Okay, that I know personally, that I went to war with, and I can guarantee you, no, mm mm. I'll put my life on that. Okay. Um, so I, I think that's a narrative that needs to be changed, and it needs to change 
quickly. It really does. Um, yes, there are some road cops out there. There's some bad ones out there. Yes. There's a whole lot of crazy people out there. Yes. We know that. You know, that's just a part of it. That's a part of life. But how long are we going to continue to let them divide us and, and, and give us the narrative in generalities, make us think that's the way everything is? Hello, Sister Awareness. Glad you can join us, Booze Unchanged. You know what I mean? You, you understand what I'm saying here? Do you understand what I'm saying here? You know, there was a study um, came out um, by a economist. I think I have it right here. Um, By a black guy, actually. Yeah. Roland G. Fryer, Jr. And um, he's a professor of economics at Harvard. And he did a study. And although his study did find that you know, blacks are more likely to be handcuffed, tackled, tased, whatever. Um, as far as shootings and killings, there's no um, mathematical evidence of bias. And, okay. Maybe it depends on where you live. But the bottom line is, because I know somebody's going to mention it. That's what they've been talking about all day, so I had to look at it myself, you know. I think we, once again, have to stop buying to everything that's put out there on social media and the mainstream media and what have you, because that tanks our, our, our view. It tanks our view. The majority of us, we don't witness things like that. The majority of us, once we we get pulled over by our local law enforcement, everything goes fine. Okay, we good. Bam, boom, you're gone. We can no longer live scared, people. We can no longer live in, in, in fear in our own neighborhoods. And then some encourage to go out into somebody else's and stand up and march to go right back and, and let the same thing continue to happen in your own neighborhoods. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just, this is my point of view here. And this is how I'm feeling. Uh, as I said, this whole, this past week, this weekend, man, I was, oh, man, I felt bad. Bad. Because I just could not believe it. We have lost it. <laughs> we we've lost it. Okay. But anyway, um, you know the 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 Dallas police. I see you, Triple One. I get you on in a minute. Um, you cannot um, 
expect law enforcement to control your home. You can't expect law enforcement to control your neighborhood, actually. You have to do it. We have to do it. You know, we have to do it. Anyway, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I I, I think I've I said enough as I said. Okay, where you go, Triple One? Where you go? I thought you wanted to say something. I guess you ran away from me. Okay. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. I guess, but um. You know, we we've we've got to change the narratives ourselves. You know, we have to change the narratives ourselves. You know, um, it has to be done. We can't. We we can no longer let anyone else do it. We have to do it ourselves. Um, okay, so let me bring this call in. All right, triple one, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hello. Are you there? Okay. I guess they get it together in a minute. Um, I hear static. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you know, we have to do it ourselves, y'all. We we, we just got to do it. Let's start marching in our own. Now, let's start marching in our own neighborhoods. Let's start blocking some stuff up in our own neighborhood. Huh? You want to boycott some things? Boycott them, them uh, weave stores that's run by everybody but us. Boycott those. You know, start a community garden. I'm sure we got some green thumbs in the neighborhood somewhere just waiting to, you know, to ask to do it. Be a part of it. Is that so hard to do? Is that hard? Is the is, is it that hard? Have we um, been conditioned, programmed to overlook that and say that doesn't matter? <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as George Soros is supplying the. Three thirty-three, three hundred million. How much? How much money he's putting into Black Black Lives Matter? You know, and, and, and you know the sad part about it. Then you have those individuals like Lush Limbaugh. That um, <laughs> okay, whoever this is, they have to come back. Lush Limbaugh, and today he he made a very interesting. He asked a question. He said. And I quote, if President Obama, well, remember President Obama made the statement about Trayvon Martin that if he had a son, he would look like Trayvon Martin. Lush said today, he wondered if President Obama had a son, would he be a member of the Black Lives Matter movement or the Black New Black Panther Party? And I was like, wow, did you actually just say that? Did you really say that? (laughs) You know, and, and the interesting thing about it is, once again, you have these organizations, but you don't hear from them until 
something goes wrong. Now, we know the original Black Panther Party, they were doing things on a daily basis, on a daily basis. You know, school lunches, making sure children get to school safely, you know, reading programs, things of that nature. These groups here, you don't hear nothing about them until something bad happens. Why are they here then? They have a group um, here in Texas. I I think it's more than one of them. I really do. You got a group in in, in Dallas, up in Dallas, that marches when they hear um, things going on. Then you have a group that marches down in, in Austin, Texas, with weapons on their shoulders, you know, that's fine, but what what are you besides that, what else are you doing? What else are you doing? Y'all see my point? It's good when the camera's on. Yeah, you look like you're really rocking and rolling. But when the cameras are off and you're in your own home, in your own neighborhood, what are you doing? That is the question. That is the narrative that I believe we should be discussing. Yeah, it is. Now, if you listen to the um, so-called experts, they have a thing out now that is called the Ferguson effect. Okay. Um, Because many... um, Departments reported that in 2015, between 2014, after after the um, Michael Brown shooting, um, that homicides in most major cities have gone up a whole lot. And they feel that is because of police departments are now um, not being proactive. Yeah. Uh, The Ferguson effect, the idea that the Black Lives Matter protests against police brutality have scared police, chilling proactive policy, policing practices that stop and prevent crime and embolden criminals, leading them to commit more violent crimes. And they call that the Ferguson effect. Well, if that is the case, then I guess we need to take up the mantle so we can reverse the Ferguson effect. <laughs> That's what it is, the Ferguson effect. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> you know, and here's something else that was interesting. If you listen to the um, um, the the, the um, police the, the the police chief in Dallas earlier today, you know, he he said something that made a whole lot of sense. He said, "We're hiring. In fact." I will hire you and put you in your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, that's one solution, isn't it? You can take care of your own. You can take care of your own. Um, um, Yeah, okay. You know, y'all need 
to stop. We need to stop, man. We, you know what? And we can't even have conversations without while going at each other. All right, phone lines are open, man. Phone lines are open. Tell me what's on your mind. Either you disagree with me, you don't disagree with me. I mean, you agree with me, you half and half. Whatever you want to do. Let me know what's on your mind, though. I, I, I'm listening because we we need to talk about this thing here. We really do. Um, <laughs> because it's out of control. All right. Triple one, are you there? Are you there? I would say this is Joe, but I don't think it's Joe. <laughs> Hello. All right. Somebody hit the button and just didn't realize it. So let me move on. Uh-oh, hold on. Let me go back. Let me go back. All right. Let's see. Uh, my dear friend, Sister Ngoni, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good, Mr. Talk. How are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, man. I'm doing better. (laughs) I'm clearing my chest. (laughs) Well, I just want to compliment. I'm getting the echo, so I'm I'm in your chat room, and I only went in there for one purpose. I hope you noticed what that purpose was. Uh, Am I getting the echo now? Uh, No, not to me. Okay. It it was the radio. I took it off. I took it off. Uh, I want to compliment you, uh, first of all, for having the courage to to tackle this very complex discussion and topic. It's very perplexing. Uh, And I think for those who are sincere and who truly do care and want to see the hostilities and the injustice and the inequality in this society go away, I I think those who are heartfelt really want to have a dialogue from the heart and not from the ego, Uh, you know, when, um, like you said, stereotypes, uh, you know, are bandied around. Um, And so with that said, I would like to just point out a couple of things that I notice when I listen uh, to other people having these dialogues from different perspectives, you know, not just from America, because I, I think one of the problems, the reason why we can't seem to have an in-depth conversation about it is because oftentimes many people are just focused on what's going on in America, and they're not putting the, the, the situation in the context of what's going on in the world. This is not a uniquely American problem. I mean, you mentioned George Soros, Okay. Uh, there was mm-hmm. someone in your chat room that asked the question, why are blacks killing blacks in Chicago? Well, my response to that question is, why are Russians killing each other, uh, killing Russians in Ukraine? Hmm. See, this is just not a black-white issue, and I think the reason why we can't usually get to a heartfelt dialogue about it is because we've been programmed to only look at it from black-white, and you made a, a great um, point when you shared with us a line from the movie uh, that the man said, you, you see me as a black man, but see, I see myself as a man. So until we can mm-hmm. get past all of that, and I, like you, Mr. Talk, I'm not, I, I'm very well versed in our history. Okay, I spent five and a half years uh, co-founder of a study group studying our history. Now, I'm not no expert on anything, and I'm not claiming to be, but I'm just saying I have made the effort. So I'm not speaking here just, you know, off the cuff. I've made the effort to try to understand our history, and I know our history doesn't start with slavery. That's another mistake we make. 
Right. That I think being very short sighted, you know. And I also, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm not um uh uh I know I'll be accused of being a uh defense lawyer for white folks. Well, you know, I got big shoulders, I can take it. Uh, but uh, I really uh, enjoyed listening to the dialogue uh, that you had on your last show uh, when Renee and Joe uh, were, uh, you know, conversating with each other on it. And I, and I, I know that Renee is sincere, and I'm not saying she's wrong, because like you said, it, it's it's not a one-sided, you know, it's you can't just take one side and, well, you can, but that's the reason why we have the conflict, when we're not willing to look at the other side. The people that are living today, I, I, you know, are, 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 first of all, responding to where Renee comes from by saying, okay, well, why should we have to pay for something that we weren't even alive when that happened? And like Renee pointed out, well, okay, all these big banks uh, are, the, you know, who traded our ancestors uh, were the first commodity to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, you know, and then it's still uh, uh, making mega bucks, you know, from, from their uh, enslavement, because now we're all slaves. And we mm. always have been. If you really want to study history and go all the way back to ancient history, then you recognize we all have always been slaves. It's not about white and black skin. And we ought to be able to see that by Obama being in the White House. Mm. We're being played like a fiddle. And I just want, I know I've gone on a while, so I'll, I'll just end it by saying this. And I, it's so complex. There's a lot of things I didn't even get to, you know, express that, that I would like to, but in fairness to let somebody else speak, um, I would like to say I hope people will go check out Cloward and Piven, C-L-O-W-A-R-D, Piven, P-I-V as in Victor E-N. And you will discover this is a plan it was written about in the 20s how they were going to class civilizations and cultures against each other because the way those who are in charge continue to be in charge is to pit people against each other. And their system works, and it's been working since ancient times. So I conclude, and thank you, Mr. Talk, for letting me make an effort at least to express what I see. And I think you're absolutely right. No, we can't forget about the elephants in the room, and somehow we need to find peace and justice somehow. But I would like to say this, too. Money, uh, give me a break. There is no money, okay? And that's how we're enslaved. That's the one world religion right there. Everybody worships thinking money is going to solve the problem. No, no, until we get hate out of the equation like you said and stop hurting each other but also i'd like to say this i think that it's unfair not to uh to acknowledge the fact that where you have high crime rate especially in chicago they have statistics to show whenever they disarm a population the crime rate goes up same thing happened in uk the same thing happened in australia and the statistics Hmm. fbi statistics show that really crime is down 40 percent in this nation. But see, the press gives the perception. See, we operate on the perception that the, that the, the media puts out here that we know there's so much hate, brutality, uh, you know, and, and that all black people are criminals. And, and then you talk about, you know, the crime. Well, okay, who, condi- who created the conditions for, uh, you know, these crimes to flourish? And who brings the drugs in? 
These little hoodlums, mm. do they have any airplanes to bring the drugs in? Nope, they sure don't. So I'm done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on and on and on. It's just so complex that, you know, you, you touched my heart, yeah. and I, again, want to thank you uh, for having the courage to bring this up. And that, that's all. I'll, I'll mute myself now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Sister Goni. And you know, you you brought up a, a great um, a great point that um, economics, economics, you know, and that plays a whole whole whole. That plays a very big part in um, the situation. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to touch on that as well. But you you you've covered that for me, so I can move on to the next two callers then. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Talk. Oh, well, thank you. All right, so we're welcoming in. Um, let's see, we got triple one, and we got area code seven zero six. Welcome to the show. Greetings. Okay. Greetings. This is Sister Awareness. How are you? I'm doing fine, Sister Awareness. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying the topic and. Uh, I wanted to expound on a few things. Um, okay. Uh, my position on uh, police brutality, uh, I don't hold individual police officers accountable. Uh, I don't blame mm. police officers. I do not hate police officers. I have family members in law enforcement, family members in corrections. I have classmates who are white, uh, who I consider my family, who works in law enforcement. So, therefore, I don't hate people who work in law enforcement. So I want to put that out there. Um, equally, mm-hmm. I have people and family members and friends who work in the um, criminal justice system on from uh, probation down to, uh, you know, they're on foot patrol. Um, and I got my master's um in uh, criminology So um, I'm aware of what's going on I hold the United States Government accountable For the racial tension That's going on I hold them accountable For putting uh, officers in, in bad positions uh, Based on a thesis that I wrote When I got my master's Most of the police brutality When, it was, when I isolated the numbers I found most the frequency was in calls for service uh, um, for um, or either while they were on patrol, they were domestic violence calls, and not just uh, a husband battering a wife or wife battering a husband. I'm talking about calls for service. You may have a, 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 a household that has a person that su- suffers from post-traumatic uh, syndrome. Uh, we have a lot of veterans that have come back from Iraq since uh, the first Iraq war. Uh, also, we have people who suffers from schizophrenia, children that suffers from emotional behavior problems, and on top of that, who's entering into uh, into uh, you know they're going into puberty, and their parents may not be able to control them. So, uh, police officers have um, had to tase them, and some of them has uh, actually ended up uh, very disabled because of that contact. Well. I was like, okay, are these police innately evil? No. They were put in a bad position. Uh, You have only 13% of the population of of police officers when they hire. There's no women. 
to go out and instead of calling a male police officer, women have a lot more communication uh, skills when it comes to de-escalating matters that are not so violent or so tense. But when you bring in a male, that male uh, male, uh, energy, uh, specifically a lot of our police officers, they're coming out of Iraq, they're coming out of Afghanistan, they're coming in with a preconceived notion, okay, i got to jump in action. You know what I'm saying? So that's one aspect that puts police officers in a bad position. It's not it's not really a, about race, and I'm not apologizing for the racist police officers that are out there because there has been findings, like in Miami, where police officers are uh, trained with racial scripts. Uh, their supervisors use racial scripts, and I call racial scripts uh, you know, their war stories. Man, I had to go in this housing project, and this guy, he was big, black, and buff, and he, his pants was hanging down, and he did this, and he did that, and I had to go do this. That's a racial script. And they already have this preconceived notion about African Americans because of the media, uh, because of, uh, you know, maybe where they live, uh, because of, of, you know, the image and the stereotype. So it, you know they just they just snap and they have no problem they dehumanizing African American people. You see what I'm saying? So it's embedded huh? in our culture the racism, and I hold the United States government accountable for that, for continuing to perpetuate apartheid. They have laws that are distinctly racist on the books. They have uh, race racist policies that are distinctly still on the books. Uh, we have to look at. The, how the racism is institutionalized and embedded in the very fabric of our legal system. So we just can't hold individual police officers accountable and, and want to, you know, take pop shots at them. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We are, I'm looking at holding the United States government accountable because there are ways that they can de-escalate situations without using so much force if they if they have a policy put in place, if they have proper training put in place. Um, I want to talk about what happened in Chicago since uh, uh, I'm waiting. Can I speak now? Uh, you gonna let people on this talk? I'm just saying. Yes, excuse I am. me. Excuse me. Okay. Hold on. I'll listen. Hold on, man. Go ahead, go ahead, Sister Awareness. Okay, but anyway, I want to bring attention to a, um, a issue that happened from 1973 to 19 um, to 1993. It was no 1972 to 1993. Um, this particular police chief, his name was John Berg. He tortured 144 black men in Chicago from 1972 until 1993. Okay, he came from Vietnam. He used the same tactics that they use in Vietnam on African American males. He stuck cattle prods up their anuses. He hung them upside down. He abused them for almost 20 years in off black sites in Chicago. Okay, he was okay. able to get away from, get away with it. He did not do any time. He only did four years for lying to a prosecutor. It took a special mm. prosecutor to go in there and pursue that case and get justice 
and they had to use an international human rights law framework. That's why I say I hold the United States government accountable for allowing so much racism and supporting it and reinforcing it and perpetuating it by not prosecuting uh, wrong and crime against its citizens when it happens. And I yield the floor. Hmm. Thank you, Sister Wellness. Uh, Wow. You know, that's some some very, very good information. Um, Well, we're going to let Mays talk, but I want to get into this international law you mentioned because that that is something we talked about, and I'm kind of curious about that. But um, go ahead, Mays. You have the floor. Well, I'm, I, I see this in a whole different light. So, I mean, it's not holding the uh, saying about the bad policemen, but you got clan and policemen. You got them up at the top. You got them in the middle and you got them at the bottom. True, true. And then, it's like I tell you, when my, my nephew got stopped, he stopped, he pulled the gun out, told him to take out his driver's license. So you don't need people on the street like that. And do you think that that messed him up every time mm-hmm. he gets stopped? Mm-hmm. Ooh, how mm-hmm. you supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. With a system like this, mm-hmm. and then you say, and then you got them throwing pictures of good cops. It's not about the good cops; it's mm-hmm. about what's going on. You going mm-hmm. people away in the day, you couldn't see them when they did, but you can see it now. And mm-hmm. that's happening to the ones that's committing the crimes to the people. So mm-hmm. if you get the commissioners, I think it's the state's problem. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you get some of the commissioners mm-hmm. out of there, mm-hmm. and you get some of the chiefs out of there, and then it can be ran by a black man, but behind it, every time, behind that black man is somebody else. And then people see how it feels. And if you don't mm-hmm. want your people to be done like that, why you want to stand mm-hmm. and not say nothing about somebody else mm-hmm. being done that mm-hmm. way? And you got the man over the NRA mm-hmm. going to say that he don't have nothing against black people, but he got something against their skin. Oh, and our skin oh. is what makes us. It makes our skin what act the way we do. Ooh, so man. you still got some of the same people, as I always say, that came out of the sixties, some out of the fifties, still running things. Mm-hmm. You got the riding Congress sitting up there. They don't do nothing because they are part of what the problem is too. So uh, what we see, people getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. And you got people, men, you got people never committed a crime in a day or they life. When mm-hmm. that cop stopped them, if, and you hear them saying, if they did what they supposed to do and then talk back, they wouldn't be dead. You saw mm-hmm. what happened in the man in Carolina. You saw when the mm-hmm. man was at the mm-hmm. gas station. The cop told him to take his wallet out. He was taking his wallet out. He got shot. Nothing was done. Nothing being done. And, and if and I may, like, we and if I people may, supposed to, and, and they want to put it on Black Lives Matter. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's the Fox TV station and everybody and all of them people that's, that's, that's making this hate to come out because the man in the White House don't look like them. That's part of the problem, too. And they're taking their flags and stuff down. That's part of their problem, too. So we want to say, look at the black community. They're killing each other. They're having abortion. But that's not the point. We no, did not. They did not take oath to say protect and serve. Those people no. that are doing that out there, because their people are doing it too. So the one that's supposed to be protecting and serving you, they're the ones that are killing you. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you're supposed to sit back and listen. You have people breaking up friendships just because mm-hmm. they said so, and they don't agree with what you mm-hmm. got to say. Mm-hmm. But you're supposed to keep taking mm-hmm. the pain. Well, but if well, it was Maze, them, they can't give you an answer that the same thing was happening to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, Maze, I'm not apologizing for it because it even runs deeper than this. Now, let me throw this at but, you. But can I finish? You mm-hmm. got cops that don't even want to be cops no more because of what they see happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got them in New York suing the commissioner because of what's happening. But they don't mm-hmm. have no conversation on that. They won't have a conversation about everything else except what they need to be talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's and, the way I see it. Mm-hmm, and I've mm-hmm. been but right mm-hmm. now. And and let me let me put this out there in the universe. Okay, when you look at um African Americans, 
let me let me break down how we're p- categorized. You have involuntary minorities such as Hispanics, uh, people who decide to come over here and stay and work. You know, uh, you have uh, uh, autonomous minorities such as the Quakers, such as the Mormons, who they control. You know, the, a whole state. Then you have involuntary minorities like ourselves and Native Americans who suffer extreme marginal, you know, marginalization and oppression. And I'll tell you why. At the time that the United States government was constituted, our ancestors were already here. There's a lot of documentation of that, specifically here in these southern region states all the way up to Virginia. Our ancestors fought a war from 1733 all the way up to 1858, misnomered as the Gullah Wars. Since then, our population has always been treated as a belligerent, combative group. Okay? Our human rights has never been respected. They've always used the the judicial system and their law enforcement as a way to repress and control our population. If you look at all of the groups to to support what I'm saying, why is it that African Americans constitute the majority of the mass incarcerated, you the majority population that's mass incarcerated? It's a form of population control because they knew, they know, they fought us at one time. That's the way that they control us. They knew and that's why they keep us extremely marginalized. Instead of respecting our human rights, giving us a right to self-determination, giving us a, an identity, a, 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 a position or a status that will allow us to generate wealth, power, and, and resources back to our members of our communities. Instead, they would rather proceed to keep us as their commodity, those bodies that are in black bodies that are in those prisons, they're working for private companies for 15 cents an hour. Most of those guys are there not for not for uh, violent crimes, but for this hoax called the war on drugs. There's documented proof of this where there's one person in government that was sitting there bragging about it in the 80s. They used drugs in the 19, late 70s, early 1980s to fund the Nicaragua uh, uh, Iran-Nicaragua issue back then, okay? They pumped that mess through our cities and used our people to distribute it, then turn around and lock them back up. We're going to have to have discussions on that. So that's why I say we're dealing with a human rights atrocity, and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. What that young man did down in Texas have opened up a can of worms that we, I don't think, we're going to be able to close that box back. The only thing we can do now is move forward and address the institutionalized and systemic racism. And I don't care if we do have a black man in the White House, all he is is a black face on white supremacy, worldwide white supremacy. That's all it is. He doesn't impress me. He hadn't done anything of consequence for the black community since he got in there. And so I can I say something it. else? Mm-hmm. Oh, you finished? Can I say something else, Mr. Talk? Sure, go ahead. Well, you need to tell Cat 
that's in there with all that rhetoric that she's putting in the chat room, and she got something to say. She see what pain feels now. I feel like now, and she's in here causing rhetoric. Rhetoric is her, because I can tell by the way she's writing and typing and things that she say. Okay. So tell her she can come uh-huh. in and have a conversation, or she could just uh, take a okay. Rest. Well, but anyway, okay, yeah. <laughs> so and as I was saying, when we when I hear people say that he's just a black face in the, in the, in, the, in a black face there. If he's a black face there, before his face got there, you had the same thing or worse. Mm-hmm. Or either, that's one reason you're being punished because of his face. And like I told you, the NRA man said, we got a disease. It's what makes us act like that. So if we got one, he got one too because he's in danger every day from all kinds of things, from monkeys to what. And a man got hung in Atlanta, but he could commit suicide if you believe that, if you want to. The Klan is still running around. That's the only organization they ain't never talked about getting rid of. But you want to get rid of Black Lives Matter? And let them keep on going around and doing what they're doing. Do you think that's fair? Uh, but then you don't. Right, see when the, uh, and when you saw the man go down there and what they, what they did to the gay people down in Florida, they was having all kind of fits. But all of a sudden, nobody's speaking up for what's happening to our people when they get stopped by the law and what they do to them. And when they go to justice, they don't get none either. So if it's his, if his fault and he ain't never did nothing for us, I'm sorry to say none of them have been there and did nothing for us. If that's the that's case, right. I got close. And if you're a military man or if you've been in the military and you've seen what he has done for those people, you can't say that. Everybody can't say that. Some people can say it and some can't. And if you benefited while he's been there, you can't. If that can't come out your mouth and you can't see it. So I can't say that. You can say it because that's how you feel. But I can't say that because I've benefited a whole lot since he's been there compared to before he got there. And also, if this system don't change, these young people are not like the people that came up in the 40s, 50s, and 60s because they are not afraid of nothing. So it's to the point where they're boiling over and they're tired, they're tired of taking it. So they're going to have to get some something straight or get it right. Or get well, we're going to have to have solutions, Maze. We're just going to have to have, have some solutions. solutions. They have solutions. You take them road cops off of the, off the department and you get rid of those uh Commissioners that sitting up there because that one in New York that was there when OJ Simpson what happened to him? You see, OJ was innocent, but then they still made him guilty. The man over at Fox been sleeping with women, and uh, they want to put all this on Bill Cosby. Now he gonna have to deal with the same thing Bill Cosby did, but they ain't gonna do nothing to him. And then Fox is the worst part, a worst thing to put out hatred and all of these other people with these little shows. But when it comes down to asking a question about would you want to be treated that way, they can't give you no answer. But they always got a reason oh. and an excuse. But they can't give you no answer if somebody was doing other people like that every day. And they yeah. had to sit up and watch it. They can't give you an answer. They don't want to <laughs> be in the same shoes. Like I told a white mm. guy today, he wanted to put the picture of the man that got shot the where they killed him with the robot. I said, guess what? It was an experiment. So when we have one like the ranch down there pointing guns at the people and the government, the next time your gun that you want to have the right to carry happen to you like that, you'll be ready to tear the country up. They wouldn't have so never be done that. For what you wish for for other people. All right. They wouldn't have done it okay. to the ranchers. Uh, no, and they didn't do it. I mean, they didn't do it. Well, They've had several. Been, been, yeah. They've yeah, had several well, we're, opportunities we're, to use it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, Maze. Um, I hear what you're saying, but here's my question. You know, I, I've heard what everyone had to say, but my question is, shouldn't the education begin 
in our own neighborhood. If we know all this, we have the history. We know the history. You don't control your neighborhood. Ah, so why not? You don't control it. You don't control it. But see, Sister Awareness, that's, that, that is the issue. If we can go out here, march and block highways and things, uh, thinking that we're going to control that, why can't we do the same in our well, in our neighborhood? Well, you know, we, you know, me and you have spoken at length about the plight of African Americans. Number one, we we make in certain cities, I think it's about 700 cities where we're the majority population. Let's take a look right. at Ferguson. 70% mm. of the population were is African American, but the police force was not representative of that population. Why? Because they don't control it. They haven't went through the proper procedure to gain control of these areas. We have not gone through the proper procedures mm-hmm. to get out of this policy of forced assimilation. That's what integration did for us. It forced us to assimilate with a group of people who did not have our best interests at hand. And that's just like with the school system. How in the world can you expect uh, your oppressor to properly educate your children to develop the communities in which they live in when they have a uh, distinct uh, hatred for black people? I mean, that's we're hmm. the only people that does that. We've got to face the fact integration was a mistake. It was not about integrating. It was not about sitting side by side with white people, being able to eat in a in a restaurant next to them when you can't even afford what the hell is on the menu. It's like who does that? So here we are, we're feeling the effects of it. Do you know after World War Two, African Americans were supposed to have been placed via a treaty with the between the United Nations and uh the US government? We were supposed to be placed on a list of non as non self self governing peoples, which would have given us a status that made room for uh, self governance, recognition, land rights, autonomy. But instead, we were forced to assimilate. Mm. Can I, you can see I ask what I'm question? saying? Yeah. When you said our communities, that's, we don't even have to stay in this country. They can't even be having their own communities either. Because somebody no. over there agitating and messing with them. No. That's the same reason why, I guess, you can't have a community over here either. That's right. Because of Look global the white supremacy. they moving and pushing people out the way, and they got their own land and everything, but somebody is agitating is always in the way. That's right. That's so whose fault is that? Of white supremacy. So we don't rule that. It's because of it's it's because of imperialism and white supremacy, and it's just like the same way they use those drones over in Yemen, the same way they use drones over in these non whether these hot spots where they're over there exploiting those areas for wealth for wealth and uh, natural resources and not and exploiting people. Okay, because after World War Two, all the United States did was go to uh, these non-European countries. Uh, and set up puppet governments, or uh, or force you know force the uh, legitimate uh, uh, people out of govern you know out of government and exploited those people for their natural resources so they could go rebuild their house over in Europe after they done damn tore it up. So now here we are, they're recolonizing again. Well, believe it or not, that's what they did over here when the United States uh, set up their constitution. 
guess what? You had Native Africans that were here. You had Native Americans who looked just like us that was here, that went to war against the United States, okay? So this is nothing new. They're a settler government, just like over in New Zealand, just like Australia. Look at how they're the, the white Australians who was nothing but prisoners out of England and crouched on top of the aboriginal people there and negated their human rights. Guess what they call them? Fauna. They, well, they refer to us as three-fifths in inhabitants. It's the same bat station, same bat China, uh, channel. So what we have to do now is assert our human rights and say, guess what? We have a right to self-determination. That means we dictate who's going to police in our communities. We set policy on how you're going to handle our people in our communities. And, Mays, I want to touch on one uh, critical point that you made. Every time we see a person maimed and murdered on TV like that young man was maimed and murdered in Texas while he was cuffed, and when your your nephew or your son experienced some of the things you described, we're suffering from intergenerational trauma. That hurts us mentally. It hurts us mentally, okay? It does something to us mentally. We are an extremely marginalized group, and I'm not saying that for sympathy. I'm just telling the truth. So we have to do what we need to do, go through the steps to to gain that political control that we need so we can have access to markets, so we can employ our people, so we can set policy that's more restorative than retribu- retributive. Let's look at our families, how they're, de- how they're deteriorating. Nope. Now, since the 1970s, well, the mm-hmm. late 1960s, You've had this mass incarceration going on, and they used that as a tool to repress us because they didn't want us to really benefit off the political gains that we made. That's the reason why they did that. You look at how many men for generations have been extracted out of our communities. That was human capital. Before before, Before then, guess what? You had fathers in the home. You had fathers, you had men that taught in schools. You had men that were brick masons. You had men that was farmers. You got to look at what toll all of these racist practices and policies has took on our communities and how it has underdeveloped us as a people. That's the argument and the position we got to take. Well, those are some very, very good points. I like that. I like that. Um, hmm. You know, I like you said we have to start policing our own. Now the question is, when and where and how? You know, um, politically. You. you know, that's a lot. Of, that, that's a lot of work that we have to do. Um, <laughs> a whole lot of work that we have to do. But um, I think we first have to have the convers- get the conversation started. I think that is the the one of the, that is the most important thing to actually get the conversation started. But let me bring um, Renee into the show. Um, in fact, let me bring Renee and Mr. Michigan into the conversation. Okay, welcome to the show, y'all. How y'all doing today? We're gonna start with Renee. Hey, what's good, family? <laughs> you got it, man. Renee, are you there? Well, maybe. We- Maybe we'll start with Mr. Michigan then. Go ahead, Mish. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good conversation. Uh, some of the um, 
uh, as most of you know, I was an elected official, and we were able to uh, try to change the police force. It was 90% white. Uh, we were able to get get it to 80% black. We we were we were able to sustain it for about five years. Uh, so you certainly can. There's a, there's a lot of dynamics to that, uh, but it, it it can be done. Um, but now whether or not it can be sustained, and I think the other piece that you would have to consider is you would have to continuously. Um, Work with the black officers and 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 make sure that they and, and I don't trying to be funny when I say this, but they also need to go through some like a, a African Center rights of passage to make certain that you keep them kind of grounded and you keep exactly what it is you want a police to be within your community and 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 the, the sister's correct what we the what a police officer is to a community is determined, hear me well, not by the federal government, not by the state government, but how a local police department interfaces with the community is done at the community level. Even the police's job description. So you, you see what I'm saying? So, this is this is where we have to fight that battle at. So it can be done, like you say, you have to go into those communities where you make up the majority. Now, some of the opposition, I'm going to tell you where the opposition will come from. I'm going to name them for you. One, pre- preachers within the community who are eating or partnershiping with the larger white community. That's going to be your first enemy because they're going to use them to buffer this pro-black type movement toward self-determination. And the second enemy that they're going to use would be the boule class of the community, which is probably going to be mostly elected officials now. So you, if you, if you have the wrong elected officials, they're not going to adopt a self-determining agenda to where you say we want the police officers to look like the community. They're just not going to do it. So if you don't have a strong enough political ground game, right, to remove them and put in specific people who will, if nothing else, they'll adopt that agenda. We want to be able to control the police force, and that will be the same thing with your school board. We want to be able to determine who the teachers are going to be teaching our children in the public school system. If you don't have elected officials who are, who are willing to adopt uh, that type of agenda, it's not going to work. So I so guess I want to, the yeah, question I'm going to ask you. Yep. Um, the question I'm going to ask you now is how do we go about that and make it successful well, and sustainable? Yep. Well, I, I would say there, there, there are a few communities within America who who have done it. Do you, you first? I would say seek out those communities and see exactly what steps they went through. Now, it certainly would be harder for a city like Chicago or even a, a larger city. I think the sister said there's about seven hundred of them. But some of those ones that are 
where we make up maybe just a little bit over 50%, it certainly is going to be harder to to have a self-determining political agenda throughout the public sector, meaning police, teachers, because you have so many whites, and this is key, they're eating off of those jobs. It's their livelihood, the teachers' union, the police union. Mm -hmm. You're talking about three and four generations of white men and white women sending Mm -hmm. their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids that have been to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their their kids turn out to be the next generation of teachers. Uh, Their sons turn out to be the next generation of police officers. So they're not just going to give that shit up. You're right. You're right. That's the problem. You're right. You're right. But, you know, we're going to have to put them in a position where they don't have a choice. And there's a way we can do that because right now, uh, we're 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 in dire times. This this incident, I mean, it has scared the daylights out of me. That happened in Texas. They sent a bombed a robot with a bomb to to go in, and I know for a fact that violated domestic and international law. It it it, it violated the comma uh, posse comitatus law. It violated international laws. I mean, and, and to 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 for them to do that, that was distinctly. Uh, racist, and it was done to send a message to anybody else who felt like they wanted to stand up and say, "You know what? No more." So that. So, was- so Eric, in, in, in answer your question, man. So, if and 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 this is the chain of command. If you can't control a neighborhood, you cannot control a city. If you can't control a city, you can't control a county. If you can't control a county, you can't control a state. If you can't control the state, you can't control national. It's just that simple. So if black folk believe that they're going to jump over not being able to control their communities and make the state or the federal government react to them, it's not going to happen. That's not how this shit works. Mr. Goff? Yes. No, well, first let me speak uh, to Mr. Michigan. How you doing, Mr. Michigan? And sisters, hey, what's up? And sisters, good. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, to ask, well, interject one thing. Uh, one, are in probably been about ten years or more ago, the Nation of Islam uh, forms um, security uh, agencies that were going to police the. Uh, low-income housing and so forth, and uh, yes. they did everything, you know, in a business way, uh, but that was uh, rejected. They, they they weren't allowed to do that. So I just wanted to interject that thought uh, when we talk about policing our own communities, quote, okay, communities, you, because I, I, I I, I'm, almost finished. I'm almost finished. I'm almost okay, finished. Okay. I got I'm one more thing. I, I, I know, I know, I know, but that wasn't my main point. I wanted to throw that in, okay, okay, and, then, and then I wanted to also interject, uh, wondering if people are aware of the United Nations Strong Cities Initiative, which is uh, being announced, uh, Obama is in on this, uh, for global policing for extremism in the United States. So when you talk about controlling your own cities, these are the things that, uh, those are two items that came to my mind that are in opposition of self-sufficiency. I'm complete. I'm, go ahead, Mr. Michigan. Okay. Yeah, now you brought you bring up a good point. The, the initiative that the Nation of Islam was doing, they went after, and you're correct, public housing. The public housing dollars was HUD dollars. So that put that program under federal jurisdiction. 
So, and I'm just saying, if if you don't have enough community support and then enough state support, uh, the the federal government will be able to run over you. So they were able to to go to the federal level to fight the Nation of Islam because the monies that they were being paid was federal dollars. It wasn't local tax dollars. So that's key. Even though even though I believe they should have been, they should have been able to hold on to the contract, but that that was the the mishap there. It was well, federal I just funding. Wanted- Yes, and I just wanted to support Sister Awareness' position that she blames the government, and 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 so that was the reason I wanted to interject that about the Nation of Islam uh, to support her position that yes, it is the the federal government that is uh, continuing to repress and oppress uh, us, and like I often say, uh, we have we being uh, people of African descent or you know uh, indigenous people. Uh, of North America have a lot in common with the Kurds and the Palestinians. We just don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Man, we have so many international laws that protects us that will, like the uh, United Nations Declaration on Indigenous Peoples. Uh, We also have, there's a lot of treaties that protects us. But our leadership, either they don't know or either they're eating off the plates, eating scraps off the plates of the powers that be, who wants to keep pumping this civil rights uh, agenda. We have got to come to terms with civil rights did not relinquish, they, they did not relinquish jurisdiction over us. It just further oppressed us. That's all that it did. And we have to come to grips with that and move towards a higher level of rights, which are human rights, that gives us a right to self-identify as indigenous people because there's too much proof that we were already here. It gives us a right to self-governance. It gives us a right to autonomy. It gives us a right to our own health care system. It gives us a way to build the institutions and change policies and, and do things that we need to do in our communities. And in order to do this, at some point we're going to have to have a a plebiscite, which is a vote, an internal referendum, to declare ourselves uh, indigenous people, then form our own government. Then we start looking looking at these different cities, looking at these uh, 700 cities that we have. And I'm not even uh, telling you how many unincorporated areas that are outside of those cities. That's how you get control. we got to look at ways that we can get control to control resources and, and services that we need and get access to those services that we need. This thing is a little bit bigger than just somebody not liking us because of our skin. we got to be ready to go in for control. But, Sister, I'm glad you brought that, that point up, and I see you are on point with that, and I yield the floor. And if you will, will you please elaborate some more on it? Well, um, thank you, Sister Awareness, and uh, I just wanted to say that the U.N. Strong Cities Initiative is in progress now. They're putting in offices all over the country, um, and so I think what we're running up against uh, is that there's another force moving against uh, people being self sufficient and being able to be in control uh, of their lives. There's the United Nations Agenda 21, uh, which is taking people off rural land. So that means, you know, uh, you have cases where, like, there was one, I believe, in uh, 
Tennessee and I think one, I don't remember the other state where uh, they were prosecuted for growing vegetables in their yard. Uh, people, they pass laws locally where they're, you're not allowed to collect rainwater. Uh, so those are just little examples of how there's another force moving against people being self-sufficient. and So this UN Strong Cities Initiative is something that maybe, you know, if we become aware of and recognize how it's operating right under our noses, um, you know, um, uh, so I, I guess I'll stop there. Uh, oh man, I wish we could exchange information. Well, if if you have, if Mr. Talk, can you do that for us? Exchange. I'll be glad. Uh, what's that? Uh, do you have contact with Sister Awareness? I don't want to say my number out over the. Uh, yeah. Me either. Would you exchange yeah. numbers with yeah. us? I sure will. Okay. I sure okay. Will. Thank you, Mr. Talk. You can give her my telephone number and my email. And likewise. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right, but but before sister and gonna go ahead and, and, and you, you stop right there when you was getting good. I'm burning <laughs> so, up my spinach. That's why I had to stop. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, well, I really don't know, you know, uh, in such a you know short burst, uh, how I can really add anything more, uh, except that as I said, and I'll reiterate. I think part of our problem is a lot of times we try to access solutions to our problems, um, you know, without the context of what's going on um, beyond the United States and beyond our communities. And, and once, you know, I often say also that if you really want to understand what's going on in the United States, because they're so, so, you know, so dishonest, uh, they don't, we don't dialogue about honest things, the press here, everybody knows, is just propaganda. I mean, they literally changed the law in 2014 to allow uh, the press to propagandize the American people, which was uh, after World War II, that was forbidden. Uh, also, we have this idea that police, I don't have anything against the police, um, but I think that we make a mistake when we look uh, from a past perspective that the police were uh, there to serve and protect Unfortunately, in my view, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's uh, evidence to show that, number one, a lot of the training is being uh, uh, by police or the training um, uh, initiative is coming from uh, Israel. Yes, okay. And another thing is uh, we see how they have uh, how they have changed even the image of the police. Uh, to be confrontational as opposed to uh, being a service. I mean, they're basically, in my view, as I understand it to the best of my ability, are being used now as the buffer between the elites and the masses of the people because the elites are moving towards what they want uh, to control the masses of the planet, not just the United States, uh, basically uh, uh, to push back the gains that, average people have made over the past 500 or so years, they want to do away with the concept of the nation state. Or uh, look what they're doing as far as, uh, and, and I don't mean to change the subject because I think this is all, uh, you know, connected. Look at what's going on in Europe with all the invasion or the mass influx of, of uh, refugees, and the same thing is happening in the United States. But we don't get the press. We don't get that information. And then there's one other thing. I'm sorry to jump all around. But you made so many good points. And I also wanted to make a point about 
the fact that uh, the NDAA, you talked about posse comitatus. Well, mm-hmm, posse comitatus mm-hmm. has already been eliminated with the national, the NDAA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so they don't respect any of our uh, so-called previously constitutional uh, guarantees, uh, you know, and the uh, uh, the uh, separation of the uh, uh, powers, uh, you know, the legislative, judicial, and the executive branch. I mean, look at all the executive orders that have been thrown out there. The, su- mm-hmm. the Supreme Court has told Obama that what he's doing with the borders open, uh, you know, it, it, this, there are people coming in here from Ecuador, uh, uh, Guatemala, uh, Bolivia, all over the place that are getting more Social Security benefits than people that were born here. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have anything against those people, and I understand the reason why they're running is because it's a plan. It's Cloward and Piven. It's a plan that was devised back in the 20s to mm-hmm. over to to to, to to over uh, over um, burden uh, societal um, programs to clash people against each other, uh, you know, and that's what's going on. So I'm sorry, that's the best I can, you know. Oh, you did a wonderful well, let me, let me job. Throw, let me throw one quick thing, and I'm gonna talk. Okay, with, with the uh, with the sister speaking, and getting back to at the neighbor at the neighborhood level, when you when you when now, what the sister was bringing up is it's probably the best example of reform at its highest degree. And if and so you said, how how do you how do you roll this out? And I'm gonna tell you just like this: if you cannot get a mass of black people to adopt the political philosophy that she just gave you about taking over these cities, uh, incorporating other cities, you're going to get the exact same thing that you've been getting and worse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anything short of that type of acute reform, that's, that's what she's giving you. She's giving you acute reform. Look, look, into the, look into the public sectors of these communities. That's what make up a community, the public sector and the private sector. If you don't control the public sector institutions or the private sector institutions, you do not have a community. You can't even talk about having a community. You just have places where you domicile at. Mm-hmm. You can't say you have a community if you don't run those fundamental public and private institutions that keep you jailed together. The, Education is not about the individual. When you talk about an institution of education, you're talking about now what we're talking about doing is is putting out individuals on a consistent basis with this type of mind state. That's what an institution is supposed to do. If you're saying you don't run the institutional organizations within your community, well, how can you expect to say we'll this is what their mind is going to look like in 15 years. How do you do that? You can't do it. That's true. That's true. Can I I say something? I just wanted to add that to that just so we, just so we, at the neighborhood level, I wanted to make sure I kept that piece there. That if you, if you, if you, she's giving you some acute areas of where you can begin to start at. If, if you can't get enough people to agree with that, you're done. 
Well, Mr. Michigan, have you ever heard of uh, privatized cities? There's a, a couple of uh, YouTubes uh, out there, it's probably about five or six years old, um, and the first privatized city was called Sandy Springs, and that was in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, that was Cynthia McKinney's uh uh, area when she was a representative of Congress. And and after that, there were several other privatized cities that started springing up all over the country. Now, I don't know how many there are now, but these people literally separated from the Fulton County. They hired a private company uh, to administer their city that they incorporated. Sure. And, right. and the only thing they didn't detach themselves from, I think at that time, was the water system. But ever, okay. ever, everything else, and so they those are some good videos for anybody that's interested to well, understand what Mr. Michigan is pointing out, because if you watch those videos, you'll see where they literally separated Fulton County, where they show black men and young men hanging around on the corners with no jobs, and right next door, where they split off, where they had this Sandy Springs privatized city, when then they control who can come and who can go, so forth and so on. Okay, well, can, I, can I can I can I um, can I uh, build on on what you're saying? Yes, right ma'am. now, right now, up in are you familiar with DeKalb County uh, yes, in I Georgia? Am. Okay, yes. well you Fulton have County. North. That's Fulton, that's Fulton County. Okay, well you have it's North DeKalb. You have North DeKalb that's been. Uh, been very developed, have access to all the resources, and then you have South DeKalb County, which is approximately 300,000 in population, mostly black, uh, some of the most uh, well-educated and well-to-do black people uh, in the United States. Well, they wanted to do just what you described, sister, and let me tell you what happened. They would not even put a, the Georgia General Assembly would not even put a referen, referendum on the ballot to allow them to vote for cityhood. They allowed the majority white dominated uh, La Vista and Stonecrest to do it, but they denied those brothers and sisters there. And, and when I dug a little deeper, the reason why they did that, because at the expense of South DeKalb, they're paying those white folks up in North DeKalb uh, retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep let's keep well let's keep building on that, sis, because uh, uh, I give you another city though. Uh, a, a lot of the cities uh, that that black folk find themselves in, they used to be what's called home rule cities. Mm-hmm. So even if you even if you don't go the route of trying to reincorporate, right? Uh, most of those cities are already incorporated. You just need to take those over that you're the majority in. You don't necessarily have to go the route of going to a separate place and, and starting a new corporation. You don't have to. I mean, you could, but you don't have to. Well, so see, even, 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 see, let me, let me tell you why. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. With, with, because you're dealing with a European culture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you find the specific places where you can stick and move. Just mm-hmm, move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you if your ideas are grandiose, not, I'm not talking about you, but if our ideas are grandiose, where it garners the attention at the state level or something we need to get from the state or the federal government, I think that may be too grandiose. You understand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so 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 you you may not start by saying, hey, we want to get away from you and incorporate over here at the next block. 
but those places where those corporations already exist and you do maintain a majority, you might want to just start sticking and moving right there to, to, to get you up some power. Now, I'm not well, talking about you. We're just talking in general. Yes, you know. yes. I understand what you're saying because okay. uh, All right. uh, I, I'm, I'm studying uh, international and human rights law, and that's one of my assignments is to uh, write a brief based on just uh what I've been looking at and that's one of my one of my my uh subjects what's going on up there and what okay. I have found when they were trying to start off small maybe try to you know secure a little water here or secure access to a little bit more services there uh they use selective annexation that you deal with cities you that's your experience they move back the lines on you or if they don't want this population of students to go to their schools they'll pull this zip code on you they use okay. uh selective annexing select you correct uh, Mm-hmm, correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So they're I'm, sneaky. I'm, I'm, they're sneaky I'm, in I'm, what I'm, they do. <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> they definitely sneaky. But you can't, you can't go to sleep on them. Well, because and, and the reason you can't go to sleep is because let's let's face it, it's their damn culture. Oh So yes, if they yes. can't stop you at the neighborhood level, they'll get you at the county. If they can't <laughs> get you at the county, well, we tried to we tried to bring in a uh, a uh, company who took uh, rubbish. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. turned it into, uh, he mixed it with uh, concrete and turned it into some type of rubberized roads, and you could use that to repave your, your streets. Well, the 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 landfills were owned by the county, so they had a they had a dog in that fight because now you wouldn't have to take trash to the landfill. So the opportunity for them to block that was at the county and state level because they brought in the Environmental Protection Agency so we want to do this study and that study and this uh-huh. study to see how it's going to see. So you're absolutely right. They, they have the mechanisms in place. That's why I say you have to be able to stick and move. Other than uh-huh. that, you, you either don't get on your knees or you're going to stick and move. Okay. And l- now let me tell you something, how we can deal with this here, environmental, how they're using, like the sister is talking about, how they use that Agenda 21 uh, to regulate land use and it harms us. Well, if we declare that indigenous status, there are conventions up under that Agenda 21. There are sections mm. up under that Agenda 21, and another mm-hmm. one, uh, biodiversity uh, that indigenous peoples use. Before they do anything, they got to get, uh, they have to get uh, what you call consent from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Uh, right now, I'm saying we need to change our political status to indigenous. Mm-hmm. So if anyone is, is ever I in your area that says, and when we get ready to have a plebiscite, and they say, well, if do you uh, want to self, you know, identify as, uh, you know, as indigenous? You say yes because that gives us, it puts us back into the constitution. It gives us land rights. It gives us a right to autonomy. It gives us a right to self-determination. Now, the sister talked about another key point of what's going on in Europe. What's going on in Europe, you have indigenous people that are in Europe. You do know that, right? Uh, Especially over in Croatia, in Serbia, Bosnia, you still have indigenous people over there. And what the globalists are doing, they're pushing them off the land. They found all over in those areas. 
So they're trying to recolonize that, those areas. But guess what? Those Caucasians have been fighting for hundreds of years. It's not going to be easy to push them around the way you kick us around. All you got to do is shoot a couple of us, and we fall back in line. <laughs> That's a good point. They, and fight, you know- they fight to the death over there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. uh, but the thing of it is, is, is because they are uh, what they call so- soily. There's uh, what two categories. Uh, one is by blood. When you're, you know, uh, uh, your uh, identification to a landmass, and then soily as indigenous people. Okay, so those people are basically Central Asians. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and they said that's what the, that's the reason why George Soros paid $5 billion to overthrow the government of Ukraine because they want that soil. The soil over there near Ukraine is, they said, some of the most fertile land there is. And you, did you hear that the Palestinians that, uh, you know, since they got all of their recognition, and by the way, I just went to Iran uh, in November. I, I went there and I stayed uh, two weeks. Uh they, the Palestinians, they've been recognized by the majority of the world. They're in the ICC, the International uh, Criminal Court System now. So I heard a little bird, you know, a little bird told me that the reason why they're in the Ukraine is to get a homeland for them Jews over there because they got to go. Uh-huh. So that's a good point. But did you know, Sister uh, Awareness, that just recently uh, that uh, the, the um, uh Zionists, I'm not going to call them Israelis because we know who they really are. Uh, the Zionists passed a law that the soldiers uh, in uh, can legally shoot at anybody that they suspect throwing rocks. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, but they just passed that law. Yes. yes yeah, oh, yes. I, and guess who, tra- guess who they train? Just like you said, they train our, they train our soldiers. That's, That's why right. I say they use, and guess what? The racial scripts, that's why I'm saying these police officers now and why I say that what happened in Texas is getting ready, we're going to have a, a, a blowback from this. Mm-hmm. They use racial scripts. Uh, and racial scripts are like uh, when, the, when they're doing training, they'll give like a scenario when they're out in the field. Uh, with this big, black, burly guy. They have that in their scripts. I know it for a fact because that was my that was my area of study. I have a master's of science in criminal justice. I mm-hmm. pulled several of their manuals, and that is how they're trained. They're mm-hmm. being trained by the Israelis to enforce the law based on apartheid. What you're seeing here in the United States is the same type of uh, uh, law enforcement that they even used in South Africa. It's a caste system. They and train did you know, them, too. They train them, too. It's a caste too. system. Right. And did you know that the uh, Australian originals were not classified as human until 1957? It, uh, wait a minute. Until that Mambo case in the 70s, they were considered as fa- fauna. My goodness. Well, I want to go back to something that uh, uh, Mr. Michigan was talking about, because I know he focuses local, and I understand, Mm -hmm. as they used to say, all politics is local, but I think that we really, really have to have our eye on what's going on in the world, too. And I want to bring up Reverend Pinckney. Please. I want to to agree with what Mr. Michigan said about the fact that, uh, you know, you have to uh, have uh, your own uh, charter or whatever, because, see, Reverend Pinckney is in prison right now because he was operating on a myth that we're part of this system. Exactly, exactly. And they exactly. they, they, they uh, framed him up because all he was doing was doing a recall on a corrupt mayor, 
I understand he was a black one at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, and then they, yeah. they framed him up and threw him in prison because, uh, because he really didn't have the authority to do what he was doing based on our status. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, exactly. let me, let me, let me say this because I, I know Reverend Pickney personally. I know his wife. Uh, I also, well, without disclosing who I am, he, the first recall that he ran, uh, I helped him put it together. Uh, but anyway, that's just digress. Um, but uh, no, he, what what Pigney made a couple mistakes. Uh, now, yeah, I know the brother personally. Mm-hmm. And I say personally, man, sitting right next to him talking at his house. But he did make a couple mm-hmm. mistakes. Uh, the mistake, mm-hmm. and, and, and they were self-inflicted mistakes. So I just leave that like. Well, uh, let me okay. say this. I have the highest regard for Reverend Pinkney and his dedication. I do, I do too, well. Yeah, yeah, but I just want to make that understood. This wasn't anything I was saying against Reverend Pinkney. What I was talking about was the power, political system, situation that we find ourselves in. Often we do things and we take actions thinking that we're a part of a system that we're not. That mm-hmm. was my point. Yeah, what, what, Harry, yeah hold but on, I, I just want Hold on, hold on. Go bitch. ahead. Uh, <laughs> All right, we got we have seven minutes left in the live show, and we will be going in overtime. So if you're not on the switchboard, you need to get here three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. All right, um, go ahead and finish your thought, Mish, and then I'm gonna bring um um I see Renee is back, and then I got to bring Ed in. So go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, I'll just say very quickly, just to give you a quick example, when uh, a picnic came to the community. Uh, where he got locked up at, uh, he was he was a part of a task force, and I was also on that task force. And he came in as one of the co-chairs of the economic development. Well, he, he, he got into a whose balls is the biggest with the mayor, and then so he went to try to, to recall the mayor. But what what happened was during the absentee ballot processing, uh, uh, there was a couple of things done that shouldn't have been done with some absentee ballots. That was the first recall. Uh, he he was able to get out of that charge. He did another one. And the same thing happened the second time, and he wasn't able to get out of that one. So I, I do want to make sure that we don't tie necessarily individuals' um, um what happened to them to say, see, uh, he thought he was part of the system, and he mm-hmm. went to try to go about it politically on the local level, and look what they did to him. So we, we need to be very careful that we make sure we know everything that's happening because those were self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. But do you think right. that the, 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 let me ask a quick question. Do you think that the response to his mistakes was justice? Was it justified? They was, what they, they, was, they, was, they was way over the top. I mean, super-duper over the top. Absolutely. And that's what I'm, but, you, but, but, but you know what happens is white folk keep a noose in the bottom drawer. Mm-hmm. They, don't give a damn what, they don't give a damn what neck goes in it as long as it's brown. So, and that was my point. Yeah, yeah, no, we're on the same page, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, thank you for that. Um, let me w- welcome Renee to the show. I see she's back. Renee, are you there? And we're going to welcome in um, Ed also. Hey, what's going on? What's up? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> <He's- laughs> 
Okay, I'm going to quit being silly. Peace, everybody. Oh, man. Just for the uh, period of time I must, oh, y'all are like, oh, my gosh, dropping so much knowledge, so many tools. Um, Wow. Um, I just really am going to sit back and continue listening. I would just say that, um, because I don't know what all, you know, has been covered and everything. Um, Yeah, there's going to be a major, major fallout from what happened I always say that it's, it's just basically the balance of power continually being played out. Uh, they have to make the make sure the ball is in their court at all times. Um, it's the same old scenario. Every time um, the officer got killed at the gas station, pumping gas, some black man came out, came up, excuse me, and killed him. Um, the other black man, I think they said he came from either the West Coast or Philly or somewhere. He came, comes to New York. He comes up on two police officers sitting in the car. He supposedly kills them execution style. He goes into a busy subway platform and kills himself. Nobody has video. Nobody has eyewitness accounts. Nobody has anything. Then with this situation, and all of these were after you seen all of the different um, police uh, murders of unarmed black men, women, and children happening in the community kind of rising up. Um, so, I mean, it's the same old scenario. It's like they really don't switch up their script. Like, they really don't change. <laughs> no. And they have been very consistent in their tactics and the way that they operate for a very long time. And it's just that I think some of us are unwilling to read between the lines. We're unwilling to add one and one to get to two. But the other thing, the other thing is, excuse me, the other thing that that white supremacy knows very, very well, which is that it doesn't matter. Like he who controls the media controls the culture. So anything, you know, as long as you have control of that media, you are able to automatically get at least 85% of the people, 85% of the masses to believe whatever it is you say. If you notice, they always give some initial details um, to a lot of these hoaxes and a lot of these other things that that were calculated, things they really put together themselves. Um, You know, you always notice the the initial um, information that comes out is always different from the information on the back end. And the the sad part about it is so many people don't even catch it. So many people don't even say, wait a minute. Now, they were just saying that, reporting that it was XYZ, you know, and then now they're reporting this is ABC, you know, and then what happens is people say, oh, well, you know, it was just wrong. No, 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 no. This is how they play with the minds of the public play with the minds of the masses. People are not going to question it. It was on ABC, NBC, Fox, whatever, whatever, CNN. It's correct. It's 100% valid because they wouldn't report it otherwise. You know, so anyway, we've got to, um, that's why it's important to have Mr. Talk. It's important to have Blog Talk. It's important to have YouTube. It's important to support independent black media as well because we need other entities that we can listen to and hear different perspectives besides going to the mainstream to tell us everything. And I'll say that all of this stuff is connected, you know what I'm saying, as well to the to the Orlando situation. It, it is gearing up to do more of a race uh, situation. The part I'm just really sad about 
is because so many black folk don't get it. Like we don't get it. We're we're steady trying to be these these people's friends, and um, to be black in America, for the most part, you should have a double consciousness, which is and, mo- and a lot of us do because you have to engage with them on a certain level uh, publicly and whatever you know to get your money. Um, but we have to also be aware of of what's really going on. See, they have a double consciousness always. And they are masters of political correctness. So we take a smile. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, we're supporting you guys. Oh, that's wild that they're killing. But, you know, we take that as really meaning something significant. No, you know, when the scheme of things, you see how quickly their temperature changed. When it went from, okay, these murders of these black men and the, the information or whatever is being put out there, then all of a sudden the incident in Dallas, and it changed up real quick. White people mm-hmm. went from some who had some level of uh, sympathy or whatever you want to call it, you know, even fake, uh, uh, bogus fake sympathy, which is, that's what it is 90% of the time. But for those who even had that, they even switched back up in a heartbeat. Now it becomes about these black lives matter, and these ain't even the black lives matter people, but whatever. Um, these, but that shows you where their mind is at because they're not even looking. Black Lives Matter people are integrationists. They're mm-hmm. not uh, 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 segregationist people. They're not saying let's let's separate. They are people who have bought into the the Eurocentric ideology. That's why many of them are homosexual and stuff like that. They're not speaking about any real black empowerment and a real separation and all that. They're integrationists, but the first thing they do is attack Black Lives Matter because that shows you what they see. That shows you where their head is at. So Mm -hmm, with that, mm -hmm. I'll leave that there. But um, y'all been giving some great, powerful information. And you did too, sister. You made some some great talking points. Um, But I I won't elaborate on them because I know we got other callers, so... I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. This is a hot, hot show tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, you for, thank you for realizing. We got other callers. <laughs> All right. Um, Ed, are you there? Yes, sir. I am definitely here. Thank you. So Man. Thank you, Renee. <laughs> Man, I've been listening to the conversation. I've been looking and listening looking and listening to listen a lot of things the last couple of days. Man, I wish I had time to talk about all the things I've seen in the last few days, but uh, let's just say there are things going on that they, that, that, let's just say the media has its ways of, uh, let's just say, keeping out of the news. But I've talked to some people in other, well, let's just say another country and offshore who are picking up some things that are going on here. And then I think for the time being, they're trying to keep uh, a little quiet while these tensions are, you know, such a high level at this moment. But at any rate, man, what I was looking at is this. I know it's the title of your show, man. You talk about the idea about, you know, are we really being told the truth about the state of this nation? Man, I think if we're going to really get to that issue, there's a whole lot that needs to be looked at that a lot of us are not considering. And one of the first ones, I guess, toward understanding is, uh, you know, they need to lay a look at the foundation. Got a question at you. You know, they talk about inalienable rights, so, you know, <laughs> every man has an inalienable right, created equal. Uh, freedom and justice for all. They talk about the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. And you listen to the rhetoric. But first off, before you even start looking at concepts like that, you got to realize the kind of system you, we're living in. It's definitely without question what's the philos that we're talking about. And a lot of folks don't understand the foundation of that. 
But like I say, as they said in the matrix, sometimes we don't really look close enough to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. But let's let's start here for a minute. Do you know what the most ancient concept of life itself is? And they don't translate anything in terms of the text we have in that context. I think it's a little bit, uh, let's just say it's maybe a little above and beyond most people's uh, quick grasp, especially in the Western culture since they're trying to preserve it. What is the most ancient concept of life? Deep, it's a deep concept in itself. Once you understand that, you understand a lot of other things. The most ancient concept of life. And remember, man was created an anointed being. You had to ask the question why people got to ask for it now. And what are the conditions upon receiving it is another issue that most people don't want to talk about either. But the most ancient concept of life is attaining to conscience and the capacity to not just attain, but preserve conscience beyond contradiction. Listen to what I'm saying. The attainment and the preservation of conscience beyond contradiction, recognizing that the Most High and the Creator is one. Now, that puts a heavy concept on a lot of things, because this is real about it. That means that any alternate concept is not life. In other words, get my point what I'm saying to you. In Western culture, democracy, let's be real about it, that is definite Western philosophy. It was created, in fact, it's a concept that came up in Greece uh, under the supposition that confusion could still be wisdom. And I'll tell you where it came from. In Western philosophy, the concept of what they call a godly or godly pantheon, doesn't have the same kind of concept that people had in the East, was the idea that you don't offend any of the gods, z, z, plural. All the gods would fight each other all day long, but you defend and seek not to offend any of the gods. That means that you preserve and defend, get my point, everybody's alternate perception of deity or standard. Now, most of us don't realize what that immediately implies. That means if you have to preserve every alternate precept, you realize that not knowing divine justice hmm, is the preservation of every obstacle against it. Uh, State of Union Address, I think 2002, uh, one of your ex-presidents said point blank that we in a two-party system we must realize that there will always be debates. Words. I'm talking about pretty much quotes. I remember when uh, I heard him say that, uh, looking at television at the time, I said, and I looked closely at the audience while he was speaking in this regard. And I wanted to see if anybody's top of their head, you know, popped off, or <laughs> eyebrows popped up or anything. And I was amazed that I saw Everybody there accepting that premise, which basically means in defense of a two-party system, there will never be peace. In fact, he went as far as to say that one of his mentors said that, uh, I'm glad that we uh, are in a democracy because if there were truth, there wouldn't be the need for one of them, which means that the innate nature of the system is the preservation of confusion, divide and conquer. 
supposedly establishing authority, supposed authority over the people to assure that there's never enough reason to bring about the genuine revolution toward the positivity that must be. In other words, if everything is whacked up, it's kind of obvious for that in order to set things right, a revelation, revolution must occur. But we live in a society today that people don't really by and large realize that hmm, if you're not looking for a restoration of initial conscience, if you're not looking for a restoration of initial conscience, like I can say the word from the beginning is with God, blah, blah, blah. That word, if you're not looking for a restoration of original conscience and original ideal, then instead of looking toward what you would call salvation from the lie, you're preserving the lie, and therefore, if you're not looking for a restoration, you must be preserving a multitude of damnation, separation. Like I said, one of the first concepts of hmm, life was the attainment and preservation of conscience beyond conflict. Even if you want to put it that way, that's the concept of holiness, or even if you want to use that word, God. Now, sin, like I said before, was either you seek to preserve the natural created order of things, Related to that, when they say the day you sin, you should surely die. One of the ancient concepts of that meant that the day that you begin to function outside of order or begin to destroy or revolt, you self-destruct. That is a premise that if they were to translate it in such a way to help people understand that, that life is extant because it has no contradiction in it, then you realize the responsibility of a genuine desire for life and love is that we each have a responsibility to seek and to preserve pure and perfect truth. And like Scripture says, the Holy Spirit seeks to teach all things, bring all things to remembrance. Most of us don't function in that, in that capacity. Asking the Creator, what don't we know? What uh, must we know that, let's just say, present society in this presentation, what is it that it does not present to us that must be recaptured? Either we have and recognize our duty to seek the restoration of all that is initial conscience in order to restore order, or in our silence we allow the present, let's just say, let's just say the constant, constant uh, destruction or denigration of things. Now the question is whether we can function in harmony toward proving that we can reason. And when I say reason, I mean reason with a conscience. Uh, a desire for all that has been missing so that things can be set back in order. Either we function after that or we function outside the creator himself. Those concepts do not exist in Western philosophy. Like I said, democracy. Most people don't realize the word democracy, where it came from. I mean, <laughs> the word demo and classy, uh, they put down demo as means people. They don't tell you what that word means. It means demon rule or divided rule. Never the rule of the one who said that he is one and that we must all seek him to maintain that harmony that we might love rather than fight against and war against one another. That concept that is the first and ultimate command of all does not exist in Western philos at all. Now, once you realize that, you begin to realize something about the consciousness of people who have an imperialist Western mindset. Think about what I'm saying to you. When you talk about this country, and I'm just hitting on something real quick to make, 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 make another point. 
When you talk about this country, let's be real about it. When they said each man offered or has an alienable right, every man created equal, uh, freedom and justice for all, hmm. um, pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Let's be real about this. Remember what I said earlier about the idea that seeking to defend or preserve every manner of contradiction, when you sit back and say people have a right to justice, hmm, justice also the ancient meaning means that you can't talk about justice until you talk about, let's just say, a freedom to receive all the facts to make an intelligent decision. When the people are deprived of that, do they even have... Hmm, any real rights at all, especially since, let's be real about this, when these people created this country, they were not about hmm, freedom for everyone. They were about gathering together Europeans who had been under a caste system. They didn't know any other kind of real rule otherwise, who had been under caste system where they themselves had been oppressed. They called this the land of opportunity. And their goal was to bring together and gather together Europeans who were part of what had been an old, let's just say, imperial Roman Empire. People with all manner of differing ideas. To bring them together and say they all had rights. And many times after a lot of the suppositions that they had where they came from. Were they really concerned about getting to an absolute truth at all? No, they were about bringing Europeans here to subjugate, and if not subjugate, destroy the red man and to bring black people over here from other people other places to help them build what could never be a genuine pursuit of truth. And what most people don't might not realize is a very concept that Western minds didn't even have a word for truth. And that's a heck of a thing to consider. Uh, ancient words in the Semitic tongues one of the words you might find is imuna or imani. Those who know about those Afro-Asian roots might help, might maybe have them know what I'm talking about here. The very concept of faith related to the idea of certainly looking beyond the missed examples that you see, and that faith must be faithfulness unto the will of one. That concept did not exist in Western polytheist ideals. At all. When you realize that, when you realize that, let's be real about this. Okay, they say everyone has an alienable right to the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. When we understand the definition of life and they preserve every contradiction against the truth, is that life? Are you free if they preserve every obstacle against the purest form of thought? Freedom. Whoa, wait a minute, hold on. You preserve every uh, every obstacle, are you free? Not knowing what divine justice and freedom is, uh, you ever stop to consider how much we set ourselves in bondage? Counterman. It's a mass salute, uh, man. Hmm. You know what, Ed, that, 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 <laughs> that is some deep stuff you're talking right there, man. I mean, good Lord. We just had a whole philosophy class. What? They're here. Yeah. Is it going to be a pop quiz? Oh, wow. We're going to have a pop quiz. 
Can they have a pop quiz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm going to tell you something. Long, long time uh-huh. ago, in fact, uh, maybe about a couple of months after my initial anointing, uh, oh. some 30-something plus years ago now, I did an oh. article. Uh, I did an article that I now have on my website. Uh, it's an article. It's a website called HiddenGospel.com. Because believe me, what yes, really man. is gospel, they have not taught in this world by and large for probably the last 1,700 years. Folks who don't <laughs> understand the definition of the word. But quite yeah. frankly, I realize that there's a need for an exercise in monotheist thought. I said there's a what? reason for an exercise in monotheist thought. So I put together an article. Uh, well, really, it was poetry that was given me like a couple of months after anointing. And because, because I realized that without certain principles, that it's very difficult for us to get to the genuine healing that uh, is necessary. Uh, I'm going to go Mm-hmm. I would just put it up in the chat. Can I ask a question? Yes, go ahead, please. Who are you anointed with? <laughs> I don't understand. I would just simply say it to you what, Messiah, what the Most High said, to, or what Messiah said, said to the folks that they asked him. He said, I am with my Father. And when you talk about the Father, yes, I'm talking about the Holy One of Israel. Okay. One of the first things he told me was, uh, I'm the God of Abraham, Yishak, and Moshe. And he talked about keep my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And I understood law means much, much more than what people put down when they put down commandments for laws. It means keep and seek to preserve, learn for me to preserve my order. How do we get into thinking about religion? Uh, I'm not talking about just you might just people say religion. I think these are initial uh-huh. thoughts that we by and large forgotten. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, wait a minute. Okay, so you say these are original thoughts that we have forgotten? <laughs> these are, well, understand, one of the an- most ancient premises from the Creator, if we go back and look, uh, I was talking about Genesis 40, uh, 49, 1 through, and then 8 through 12, is that there was okay. an expectation. One of the most ancient expectations was the expectation of one called Shiloh. Uh, in, the, in, in the ancient tongue, you also hear terms like Shashin, Shah, Deosian, Kurdi. Most terms that a lot of folks in Western society have never heard. But the ancient concept was always that after man no. went through his fall, that there would come one who would remember and regather the people again unto truth. Because the Creator has never no, changed. Okay. But but there's a lot of people on here, and, you know, oh. I'm, no, you okay. tend to have very okay. detailed answers. <laughs> well, 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 here's my question. So you're saying because we have basically um, forgotten these those things, we, we find ourselves in the situation that we are in now. We can't see the solution to all our problems because we actually defend <laughs> What has generated and preserved them? Problem. Uh huh. But all those things were in the Arabic uh, since it was ancient times. Say it again, please. Was it written in Arabic or was it written in English? 
Uh, I happen to read a lot from the, the Semitic tongues, a lot of the Semitic tongues, what oh, you might call oh. Arabic or Syriac or Hebrew or Aramaic, have root words that have intense you... meaning that go across a lot of different dialects. And I think a lot of I times we forget the etymologies of even the words we well, use. Well, I stay away from people speaking in tongues. I don't stay away from those kind of people if you're speaking in tongues. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we, before we go, before we, before we get, get into the real, real deep here. All right, um, is there anyone who would like to comment on what Ed has told us so far? I can't comment. Okay. I do. <laughs> okay. No, I was going to say that, and I know he said he wasn't talking about religion, um, but I was going to speak, speak in general, but I mean, I feel like we just, uh, many people are at different stages of coping. And so I think a lot of people are just trying to find excuses for the condition that we're in as a means of putting it back on black people, as a means of having some level of acceptance of what's going on. I've heard people say the things, we don't keep the biblical commandments, we're cursed and different things like that. And I just don't subscribe to those beliefs. I think that that's, keeps us stuck in the same position that we're in that we've been in. And I think I that is only I think that it's a lesson until well you talk for about twenty questions? minutes and nobody's said anything. But right, I think it's a lesson until I think it's a lesson until we deal with the reality of what's going on. We're gonna keep going in circles. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, and and I want to elaborate, sister, on what you just said. Uh, a lot of times when we do that, we have created subgroups, like we have mm-hmm. splinter groups, Nation of yeah. Islam, we have Hebrew Israelites, because we've suffered from so much trauma. We, mm-hmm. you got to understand, we are traumatized pe- people. Just like Sister Mays was talking about how her, her nephew got pulled over. Imagine what that did to him. And imagine what it did to his wife as he's married or his girlfriend or his children and his mom. We live in constant fear. Imagine uh, what those uh, uh, photographs, what those videos do. Like when you see uh, uh, the brother in Texas, he got two cops on him. He's down, he's down, he's down. That brother's down, he's down, he's down. Why they had to shoot him? Okay, what does that do to us mentally? Okay, it destroys us mentally, but we got to have the the perseverance and we got to move on. The reality is we've been living in a social illusion to think we're part of this government. We're not. They show us that every day, every time they gun us down in the street, they're showing us they ate us. So what are we to do? We got to move on and do something different. We got to get out of this man's house and move into our own. That's all it is. It's like we're in in an abusive relationship. We're in a a violent relationship where the husband, he keeps beating on you, beating on you, beating on you. He keeps taking away, taking away, won't pay the light bill, won't give you the rent money. He makes you do things to get the rent money, makes you do things to pay the car payment. Then he's still banging on you. That's what we are. We've been banged on too long. It's time to get out of this man's house. Can I say something, Mr. Talk? Yes, Sister Egoni. Okay, well, I, I want to uh, acknowledge Renee's perspective 
because I know she looks at what goes on in the community and looks for pragmatic solutions to what the problems uh, that we and, you know, as a, a people face. So I acknowledge what Renee's saying, and I acknowledge what uh, Sister Awareness just said. But I would like to say thank you to Ed, because I understand where he's coming from, and I'm not a religious person either. I've done my little effort at comparative study of religion. I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not disrespecting anybody who is. Uh, but I think where Ed was coming from was very deep, and I think it's, it's, we don't include that in our understanding of the reality that we face because I think what he was trying to share with us is that we have lost the understanding of what is life for, who are we, what, you know, and, 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 and what's going on on this planet is spiritual warfare, and that's not religion. But if we don't understand that it's, this is, there's an evil force, Operate. You can call it white supremacy. You can call it the devil. You can call it whatever you want to. But until we get back in touch with who we are, I think that's where Ed is coming from. Correct me if I'm wrong, and understand You're the correct. deep understanding of what life is for and who we really are. We're not going to find any solutions. And I can tell you, Renee, well, I have the greatest respect and admiration for you. But money is not going to solve our problem because guess what? There ain't no money nowhere on this planet. There's only credit and debt, and that is the, the most evil, evil uh, trick that they played on everybody on the world because now in order for you to even eat or get some water, you got to have a piece of paper that ain't worth nothing. I'm done. I don't disagree with that. Can I speak because I've been quiet? Just a minute, uh, just a minute. Uh, go ahead, Renee. I think you said you wanted to respond. No, no, no. I was just going to say I don't disagree with that. Um, money is not oh, going to okay. save us. I think the, the bottom, I'll just say this real quick, I think the elephant in the room nobody wants to deal with. In the history, you can study history, as Dr. Amos Wilson said, use history as a means to show you where things went wrong. Um, if you look back historically, and not just our situation, but many other situations, hardly, I would say nothing has ever been done diplomatically. No real substantial change has ever come diplomatically. There has always had to be some sort of blood bloodshed. I'm not, of course, advocating any, you know, body go do anything like that, but I'm just saying that that's the elephant in the room we don't want to deal with. Oh, you really okay. get some bloodshed now because of, uh, we're going to get some blowback. And we've got to be prepared. That blowback is coming. We're going to get blow Ooh. blowback from what happened yeah. in, in Texas. Well, we get, it, been getting blown ever since they put Obama in the White House. <laughs> Can I say something about? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Maze. Go ahead. Is it wrong if you don't agree with something and you tell somebody you don't believe in in uh, in that talk? What he's saying is it wrong to tell her you just keep to yourself and lie to the person? When people speak their tongue, I said I don't mess with those kind of people, and there's certain other kind of people no. I don't mess with either. Well, I didn't think it was that's what I need to know. It's never wrong. It's never wrong to stand up for what you believe. No. Okay. Why were you? But it's not. Is it right to get? Is it right to get upset because somebody don't have your same belief? Or should you just go on no. and leave alone? That, that, that's, okay. that's that's the majority. That, that's part of the issue that we have in that's this country now. No. Yeah, that's what Damn. I'm saying. So, okay, no. that's what I'm. Thanks for correcting that. <laughs> well, thank you, Mace. <laughs> That's all I need. Clearing that up. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Okay, y'all, we got, uh, it's 30 minutes after by my clock. Y'all know since I have so many of y'all on the line, I got to start last words right now. And uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to limit this a little bit. So we're going to start with Ed. All right, Ed, you got the last word, sir. Please limit it Man, to about three minutes. Okay, I'm going to try to say this real swift then. Think about it this way. Okay. How did the Europeans justify their sense of conscience and what they did? did countermanding any sense of any absolute or respect for truth in the first place. And believe me, until we understand what truth is, we don't see solution at all. But think about it for a minute. What did they do? They said that nobody else but they had souls in the first place. So we were like cattle. We were like animals. And the truth of the matter is Western philosophy as a, if you want to call it a thought form, I call it irrational mindlessness. I call it mental ministry, actually. But to be quite frank about it, when we look at it, where were they when the covenant unto the restoration or the healing of mankind was given at all? you got to understand something. In the ancient mind, what is from the beginning is eternal, and it does not change. Now the question is, are we willing to ask the creator to help us to be restored to that initial identity. And when the question, real thing about it is this, why is it that none of your leaders tell you anything about how that restoration shall occur? The Bible tells you in advance that the leaders will never speak of it. But people think that the ones they run to are, let's just say, informing. Somebody said they entertain and inform. That means they only give you information that tickles people's fancy but they're really there to make sure you never find it because they give you a lot of supposition so you never look for the reality. So I want to say for now, I know what I got other folks to talk to. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. And once again, you ended up, you left off with some deep stuff, but thank you for calling in, brother. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you know, anytime, anytime. All right, Renee, you're next. Yeah, I would just say, you know, I don't have any problem with, um, you know, religion or spirituality. I definitely believe in the God. I think that's a person's own personal experience, um, experience. But I just do not, I feel like, again, that's just another barrier um, within our unity. Because even people um, like Marcus, you know, the Honorable Marcus Garvey said, leave the religion at the door. And I understand and respect that some people feel as though we are cursed, that we have not upheld, um, you know, the law, statutes, and commandments, so to speak. Um, I understand that. But the reality is, you know, we are being slaughtered out here. And we, majority of people are not going to galvanize around that. So what can we use as a means to bring our people in. We have to deal with reality. We have to deal with the here and now and what's going on. Um, instead of to me trying to subscribe to some religious or biblical beliefs that many people are not going to, to agree with. So I don't know, I feel like it's just different forms, different levels of coping with the conditions that we're under. And people come up like what what the sister said that was so on on point, which is that we are so traumatized. We've been so brutalized that everybody sees things and we're very fractured. You know, you have the NOI, you have the Hebrew Israelites, you have the New Black Panther Party, the Moors, so on and so forth. 
everybody has a different way of trying to see dealing with, with racism and white supremacy. Again, I think there's anything that's in, inevitable. We are already being slaughtered out here, and like the sister said, there's more to come. Um, and with that, I want to say thank you, Mr. Talk, and peace to everybody. All right. Thank you, Renee, and you have a wonderful day. All right. Next up is Mays. Well, Mr. Hawk, it's hard for me to sometimes follow people because I'm not a follower. When you're a leader and know who you are, you don't have to take somebody else's words and things without asking questions. Sometimes you might ask, ask questions, you might get a good answer. And sometimes you can sit back and think you're giving something good, and the thing that you're giving is not interesting. So I'm like the one to tell you the truth because sometimes the truth hurts and some people don't like it, and that's just me. I'm not indoctrinated to follow. I'm indoctrinated to leave. Have a good one. Okay, thank you. And you have a good one as well. All right, Sister Awareness, you're up, ma'am. Well, um, first of all, I'd like to share my information with the sister. So make sure you uh, that was speaking on that indigenous rights and things of that nature. So make sure you I give got you my covered. information. Um, got you I really enjoyed the show, and I hope things will get better from uh, for us. Uh, I don't uh, subscribe to any religion, but I don't knock people who do. Um, I embrace all of my people. I love my people. I love black people. Uh, and I just want us to have a, a fulfilling life and a better quality of life. And I w- I'm willing to work with anyone towards that goal, and I yield the floor. Okay. And thank you once again. It's good hearing your voice as well. Don't stay away so long next time. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, my dear friend, Sister Ngoni, you're up. Uh-oh. Hold on. My bad. <laughs> I see you up and then I mute you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> are you there? Sister Ngoni, are you there? Are you there? Going once. Sister Ngoni, are you there? Going twice. Oh, man. All right. Well, we apparently we lost Sister Ngoni. All right. So, hey, great show today, y'all. I want to say thank you to everyone for the great information and the great conversation that we had. And, um, you know, we need to have more, more conversations like this, more dialogue, you know. And in the, in the midst of the dialogue, solutions will start to come, you know, naturally. We we won't have to try and beat our heads against the the, the brick walls um, per se to to come up with a solution to help us get to where we need to be because we have some work to do, people. We really do. We have a lot of work to do, and um, it's gonna take it's gonna take all of us, not just you know um, one or two. It's gonna take all of us, and hopefully we we'll be able to get there in some time frame. <laughs> That's all I would say, some time frame. Um, once again, thank y'all, and um, it's been fun. There will not be a show Friday. Um, I've got some medical things I need to take care of, but we will be back next Monday, so um, you're welcome to listen to the archives. But who knows? Keep checking around the middle of the week. I, I'm, I'm debating on doing the show during the middle of the week. I don't know yet, so keep checking. I may break down and do one. But anyway, once again, thank you for joining us. Um, just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest and best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself, man. Everything else is just gravy. That's what I always say. That's why I laugh a lot. 
<laughs> See, like now. All right. Um, Monday, next Monday. Yeah, at 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. We're going to take you out of here with the song I heard today, and I kind of liked it. It's called Better by Hezekiah Walker. So until Monday, y'all, y'all have a good one. Enjoy your week. I'm out. Come on, everybody, put your hands together. It's got to get better. All over the world, listen to these words. People come. People go. Your life has been out of control. You're confused. But don't worry. It's got to get better. It's going to be slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.